Welcome to another inspirational message from Hillsong Church, London. Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6 is where we're going to head to this morning. Let me pray and we'll get into the Word this morning. But Father, I thank You for Your Word. I think it has power in our lives. I think it has the power to change and transform us. Lord God, I thank You that one whisper from heaven can give us new perspective in our circumstance, give us hope and faith to continue in all that you have for us. I pray that today where people are feeling faint or weary, they'd be encouraged and strengthened. God, where people may be fearful or, 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 or trepidatious or ste- stepping back and holding back, Lord God, I pray they'll be reminded that you are with them, that you are for them, that your grace is towards them today, that you love every single person in this place. Have your way amongst us, I pray in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Listen, if you are new or if you're visiting or maybe you haven't been in church for a while, my endeavour and my intention today isn't to kind of get the Bible and kind of slap you around and go, hey, where have you been and you better do this better. Now, I believe God is gracious and He is kind towards us. And His kindness leads us towards repentance, the Bible talks about, that He is so good and kind towards us and patient with us. And that today I kind of want to hopefully put faith in your heart and belief inside your soul to say, hey, God wants more for me. God wants the best for me. And I can navigate the seasons that I'm in that maybe there's some storms that you're facing. Maybe you feel like there's some big waves that you're facing at the moment that this word this morning will give you hope and encouragement to continue into all that God's got for you in Jesus' name. Now, you may not be aware, I know we're still kind of getting to know each other and I've got many stories, some of them embarrassing that I'll share over the coming years with you all. But one of the things you may not have known in my previous life was I was a surfer. A little surfer boy, I know, thank you for your excitement about that fact. Um, surfing's not really common in London, as I'm getting to know, uh, so that's the reality. But um, it's like, it is what it is. I don't, I don't like the cold water. I don't want to go down to Wales or, or Cornwall or whatever and get into uh, that fr- freezing Arctic water. Like, it's just not my vibe. So that season is behind me. But when I used to surf, there was this kind of one moment where you're growing up and as you were learning to surf and you ha- we had a group of friends and we'd go out to certain waves and you, you, the waves would get bigger and bigger the more confident you got. Well, there's this one time that we were walking down to the, the, the beach and there was more people sitting on the, the sand and on like the grassy hill area than there were in the water and actually in, you know, in the waves because this day there'd been a massive storm and the waves were huge. The waves were like gigantic and... The problem was we didn't really look out all that much before we kind of got suited up. We thought it was okay and we got our surfboards and we're walking down and there was this moment that we all looked at the waves that were coming in and realised it was well beyond our expertise. It was well beyond our abilities. But something happens in a young group of guys when you're in this pack that it's like you're looking down and you all know that you're committed because you don't want to be the first one to turn away and, and walk out. And, and then something happens as you're walking past the groups of people watching. They're all like, wow, look at these heroes. They're, they're going out into this surf. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I am. But there's a huge part of you that doesn't want to do it. And you're wrestling with yourself going, why am I doing this? I might die today, and, but I don't want to you know, let down the fellas. I don't want to let down the team here. And so as we're getting out, there was these, you know, huge, huge, gigantic waves and there's only a few of us out there and everyone's like, we made it, we made it out the back, we made it into safety. I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, I don't want to catch one wave. All I'm thinking is, how do I get into the beach again without being embarrassed and without dying? That was my main aim of that surfing session. 
And I'm sitting out there and then someone just starts yelling or tooting with excitement. I'm not sure if it was excitement or absolute fear. I'm still not sure at this day, but we look out to the horizon and pretty much the whole ocean just stood up in front of us. And I'm like, mum, it's been great. Brothers, I forgive you. You know, like I'm starting to do all my getting ready. Lord, I'm coming home to see you any, any moment. Then I start moving to the next stage. God, if you just get me through this, like I promise you I'll do anything. Uh, I'll do anything. I'll never swear again. I mean, I'll only marry a girl with a biblical name. Like I'll do anything, Lord. Failed that one, but that's fine. And I remember as this wave hits, my board breaks. I get sent down to the bottom of the ocean. I'm now on a rock and I'm like the wind gets knocked out of me. I'm totally, I'm absolutely out of it. I'm trying to find any way to get up. The next wave, it pushes me down. I'm now underwater for a long time. I can't breathe. I'm, the, the stars are starting to come out. I can't quite see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm sure it's not too far away. And I finally get to the, the surface of the ocean. I take a big gasp of air in. But the problem was because the waves were so big, there's all this foam, this salty foam on the, on the water's edge. And I'm thinking, oh, this is not good. Because as I take a big breath in, it wasn't air. It was salt water that was going into my lungs. Yeah, I know. Thank you for your concern. And only to look up again. And there's another wave that pushed me down and uh, down on a rock. And now I'm totally, I'm totally out of it. Suddenly, somehow... The Lord heard my prayers and I bounce up and I kind of crawl up on the beach and all my hopes and dreams and aspirations of looking cool and confident disappeared in that moment. But we've all had stories to tell afterwards and each one of us saying, hey, at least we did it. At least we weren't the ones sitting on the, on the cliff. Here's the deal. Maybe the storms in that you're facing at the moment, they aren't literal, physical waves like I've talked about this morning. But when it comes to life and the seasons of life, so easy, we can find ourselves where there's storms of life. There's, there's waves of life that come out, uh, come after us. And like me, where I'm fighting for my life or thinking it's all over, maybe there's circumstances and situations that you're facing today that feel like that's a wave that's knocked, knocked you so hard that you maybe can't see a way through your wave, can't see a way through your storm right now. I wonder what's got you maybe feeling and, and discouraged or feeling like I, I, I'm nervous about the future. I'm nervous about getting through this season, this circumstance that I'm facing. Well, can I remind you this morning, can I remind you that Jesus is our rock? I love this quote that from Charles Spurgeon. He says this about the waves of life. He says, I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. He's saying there's the waves of life that come at us. He goes, but I've learned, he says, to kiss the wave of life that throws me against the rock of ages, talking about the waves of Christ. I think the rock of Christ. I think for all of us, we can get moments and maybe you're in a high, high season, everything's great and that's awesome. Pray for the rest of the people that aren't with you at the moment. But there's a season that have us all where we're, de we're dependent on our own and then we start to look around as people of God and we're reminded that we don't have to live on our own, to our own resources, to our own strengths. But in, tr in, in truth, we have Jesus to build our life upon. We have Jesus to lean upon. We have our sure foundation to trust upon. That if we look, if we understand, Jesus has us no matter how big the waves are. And so here's this scripture in Luke chapter 6, verse 46 to 49, which kind of is a parable about this very issue. Jesus, he starts off, and I'll contextualize this in a moment, but he says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears uh, my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. Those of us who hear and put it into practice, he says, they are like a man building a house 
who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, when the torrent struck, the house, uh, that house it could not shake it because it was well built. It was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Let me just set the scene of what was going on here. So Jesus has just been talking to this group of people and the disciples about what we kind of talk about as the Beatitudes. He's talking about some groundbreaking teaching going on. He's talking about some countercultural ways of living to the people of God. And he kind of gets to this moment and says, hey, when you put these things into practice, this is what it's like. But when you don't put into practice, your life can be falling apart because you haven't put these things into practice. To give you the highlight, he kind of talks about in Matthew 5 as a a part of this same uh, sermon in in the book of Matthew. He talks about blessed, uh, blessed are you when people insult you. When the last time you had a hater or someone insult you or someone troll or, or gossip about you, did you feel very blessed? It's like, of course you did, because you're all perfect. It's just, I, I know it's me. I've got to catch up to you all. It's like when someone makes a bad comment or, or, or says something behind my back, I don't feel very blessed, but yet Jesus says, hey, you're blessed when you are. And Luke, he goes on in verse 27, he says, hey, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Listen to this. But to you who are listening, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Hang on, what? Surely, Jesus, are you having an off day? Because this community, this this context, it was like, hey, if someone comes after you, you go after them. But Jesus is painting a different way to practice and a different way to walk. In verse 29, he says, hey, turn the other cheek. Give more than they take. Lend with no exception of return, expectation of return. Do not judge. Forgive. Give and be generous. And so he's giving all these things. And then we get to verse 46, which I've just written out, read out, sorry. And I think about as he's talking about that, do not hate, love, return, turn the other cheek, be generous. If someone asks you for their coat, give your shirt even even above that. You know, when you're in church and the preacher's preaching and you're like, amen, amen. And you know, someone's with you or someone's next to you. And I know not everyone's into the amen vocal crew, but I'm believing you will today. Thank you. Um, But you know, when someone around or in the the service, you know, something's being spoken and it's definitely not an amen moment, but someone just blindly or because they're not listening, just says amen into the atmosphere. And it's like, what are you listening? I I wonder if that's what's going on in here. Because, you know, Jesus is saying all these things and and maybe there's some empty amens going on. Or maybe there's some, you know, some, some claps going, yes, I really hope that my friends are listening to this. I'm hoping that everyone else will, will follow your, your ways, Jesus, because this would really make my life better. Or, or maybe there's a couple of husbands out there going, yes, Jesus, preach it. My wife really needs to hear this today. Again, no one in this room. So that's why maybe Jesus gets to Luke 46 and says, ah, I'm saying all these things. And you're all saying, that's awesome. And yes, Lord, Lord, that's great. But then he kind of asks them and says, hey, so why do you call me Lord? But you don't do what I say. Why are you happy to hear all these ways to live and and hear all these principles and and hear all these wonderful things and you're happy to say, Lord, Lord, that's great. Yes, Jesus, I'll follow you. Yes, that's amazing. I'm all for it. But then he says, but why don't you do it? I love that the Bible is real enough for us, right? 
Now, I know all of the people in here, it's just those other campuses that don't put things, things into practice. I know everyone here is perfect and you've got these nailed down, but just in case there's a few of us who are struggling with some of the, this, it's great to understand that Jesus recognises our weakness, but then gives us a way out through it and says, well, hey, how, if, you're, if you're in this camp that says, hey, I wanna to aspire to these things, but how do I do that? He says, it's okay. Because in these moments, as he's talking, I don't know about you, but when I lend money to someone, I'm like, hey, that better come back. Have you ever been out for, for, for dinner? You don't wanna be the last one to pay to split the bill. Because there's always someone who didn't pay for that drink or didn't pay for that side. And you're like, hey, who's, I don't wanna be left with this or the, or the tip. And, 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 and it's that moment. We call her the Aussie hacker. I don't know if you know this one. But there's always that friend. You go out for dinner and you're about to, you're gonna split the bill, you're gonna go into it and then they look at you and go, sorry, it's like, <laughs> I left my wallet at home, it's called the Aussie Hucker. And, and it's kind of like that, we got those people, but Jesus is saying, hey, don't do that, lend, lend back with interest. Hey, I know for me, but it's like, hey, I don't wanna give you the things I love, let alone give you even more than that. He says, hey, when someone slaps you, turn the other cheek. It's like, if you slap me, I wanna punch you in the throat, but I won't. I'll just think about it, I'll just think about it. But these are countercultural things and so much so that Jesus says, hey, I understand it, but there's a way that understanding that if, you, if we put these into practice, they become a wonderful way to build our lives. That's why in verse 47, Jesus invites us into this transformational life, this transformational way of living, not just for our own lives, but the community that we're in, our church, our families, our workplaces, and our, maybe our city and maybe even our nation. He says, for everyone, who comes to me and hears my words and put them into practice, I'll tell you what they're like. That word practice talks about an act, attempting. When you fail to try again, that's what practice is all about. How good are we at practicing or we just wanna get it right first time, maybe the perfectionist in the room. Maybe you know you're gonna fail so you don't try at all, but Jesus is inviting us into building this wonderful life and building this wonderful community by putting it into practice. James chapter one, and verse 22 to 25 says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Again, this verses I wish I could change in the Bible, but I can't. Because so often we love to talk about things, right? We love to put our opinions or our perspectives or our, our viewing on the word of God. How do I take the Word of God and fit it into my context? And how do I take it and water it down into my perspectives and my justifications rather than saying, hey, don't just, don't just merely listen to the Word. Don't just merely observe the Word. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the Word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets. Sometimes in the morning, I wanna forget what I just saw in the mirror. Verse 25, but whoever looks <clears throat> intently into the perfect law, watch this, that gives freedom. Whoever looks at this thing and realise that it is meant to give you freedom in your life and freedom in your journey and freedom in every aspect of your life, says, but puts it into practice and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in whatever they do. I love this, that as you and I, Give it our best, not get it right, not get it perfect. But as we listen to these ways to live, as we trust Jesus and His ways and what He wants for our life and lean on His grace and lean on His goodness and lean on His instruction and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, as we give it a go, God says, hey, you'll be blessed in whatever you do. I wonder if you understand that today, that God's intention, 
that heaven's desire for your and my life is to live free and blessed in what you do. So then we have to understand and maybe address the fact that there is tension. There is tension of, of wanting to follow His ways and wanting to live this blessed life that awaits us, but fighting against the human nature that is within. The human nature that often finds it easier to hold on to anger than to forgive that person that's done us wrong. That human nature that finds it so easier, so much easier to hold on to our anxiety and, and our fears instead of holding on to God's faith and the words that He said in our lives. There's that tension that's so much easier to, to succumb to, to the lust of our, of our flesh than holding on to, to the love that we're meant to have for each other and for our relationships. How do we learn? As Spurgeon says, to kiss the wave that may knock us around and to kiss the wave even our humanity that continues to see us fail and actually hold on to the rock of ages, the rock of Jesus Christ. Well, I think Jesus gives us a few ways here in Luke chapter six that I wanna just talk about over these next few moments together. But let me put it like this. We must understand that the storms of life, the waves and the storms that you and I face, they're just a part of seasons to navigate that have the potential to produce substance when anchored to the Saviour. I'll say it again. We must understand that the storms are just part of seasons to navigate that have the potential to produce substance when anchored to the Saviour. So let me, let me give you four signposts. That as we wanna be able to kiss the wave. That day I definitely don't want to kiss the wave that nearly drowned me. Maybe there's waves in life that you're going through right now that you definitely don't wanna kiss that heartache, that tragedy, that things that come in your way, that opposition, that fear that's maybe ahead of you. But I believe there's a way that as we take hope in His Word today, that no matter what comes your way, you can look at it and go, come on, no matter what comes my way, God is with me and He is for me and He is on my side and I can get through whatever is ahead. Number one, we gotta understand that there are storms that come. There are storms that come. What an encouraging first point today. Yay, there are storms that come. Here's the thing though. The thing with storms is they are temporary, but so often they can feel permanent. Have you ever been caught up in a storm? I like my surfing. I also love my snowboarding. And the, one of the times that I went snowboarding, I took a, a guy who he hadn't really snowboarded before. His level of uh, skiing ability was, was not really uh, up to maybe the conditions of the mountain because as we're on there, a blizzard started to roll through. And if you've never been on, on, a, uh, on a high point on a mountain in the snow where a blizzard rolls through, it can, what was beautiful, there's clarity, you can see for days, you, it's wonderful, it's, it's easy, it's, it's conf, you've got confidence. Suddenly the blizzard comes in and you can't see your hand in front of your face. You don't know which way's up, which way's down. You don't know where there's obstacles or there's rocks. You have no idea what's going on. And we're on what they call a T-bar and I'm literally holding on to this guy. Well, actually he was holding on to me. He's like, Tim, are we gonna make it? I'm like, yes, it's gonna be all right. We're gonna, we're gonna make it. He goes, I can't see what's going on. And suddenly he falls off the T-bar and he's like dragging me with him and he's he, I'm like nearly falling down to, and I'm feeling like I wanna put my elbow in as I fall on him, but I didn't. And we kind of fall and rustle down and he's got no idea where he is. And all I was like, mate, all you gotta do is just keep following me, stay close and we'll, we'll, get, we'll get through this. And it's just amazing how no sight, no ability. And all we had to do was just wait maybe 10 minutes and the storm was gone and we were able to clear and he has this new death experience that he's been preaching about in Sydney that apparently I got him into, but that's fine. Peter Togs, I'll set the record straight. But anyways, storms are just momentary, 
But so often they can feel like they're gonna take us out forever. And I love what it says here in Luke 6, 48, that those who put us into practice, they are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came and the torrent or the storm came, that house could not shake because it was well built. I wonder how your life's going. Are you well built? I'm not talking about like well built. I've got conviction in that area too. But anyways, but how's your life? Is it well built? Or are the storms that come and go so easily taking you off course, putting you out of, putting you out of action, causing you to question some of your decisions, causing you to shrink back? Because the reality is your life can be well built, but it's only when it's on the right foundation. I don't know about you, but when I put my trust, when I put my foundation or when I put my life on my own wisdom, man, I can come up with some crazy ideas, some crazy perspectives. Have you ever had those assumptions where you're like, I, I, this is going on and this is going on. So I think this is the reality only to find out weeks later, months later, you were totally wrong because you didn't have the whole truth. And so often we can base our lives, we can base our Christianity, we can base our church experience off our future, off something that's this small, but it's not on the right foundations. On our, it's our own wisdom, it's our understanding, it's our, it's our viewership. Rather than realising that God, you're our foundation, you are, the, you are the cornerstone of our church, you are the cornerstone of my faith and I can trust in you. And so whatever happens seasonally, whatever happens out there, I don't have to worry about it because my life is built on the truth of who you are and what you want for my life. Here's the thing about foundations though. They don't guarantee a life without storms. This is getting even better. They don't guarantee a life without storms. Just that you won't need to panic or be shaken when the storm comes. With a right foundation, we can get through any storm that comes our way. I love Psalm 84 in verse five to seven. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those. Those of you who are here today, I'm preaching to the choir quite literally, but we're dwelling in the house of God. You've made it through a pandemic. You've made it through a very cold day to church. All the sorts of reasons why, you know, the new variant and all the rest of it, you're here, you're dwelling, you're here to go. But it talks about you and I that we'll be blessed because we're dwelling in the house of God. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, not in our own wisdom, not our own ways, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage, this journey of following God. Now here's verse six. As they pass through the valley of Baca, which, which means, just in case you aren't familiar with the word Baca, its translation is, as they pass through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. The autumn rains also cover it with pools. They go from strength to strength till each appears before God in Zion. Verse six, though, is what I wanna talk about. As you and I, it doesn't say we're not gonna have back. It doesn't mean we don't have this valley of weeping or, or the, these seasons of storms, but as the people of God who dwell in the house of God, who trust in Him as our rock of ages of foundation, we have this ability that says, this isn't gonna take me out, that I will pass through this season. I will pass through this tragedy. I will pass through this setback. I will pass through this moment of fear, of worry, of doubt, of anxiety. I will pass through whatever is tragedy has gone around me that I didn't have a hand in because I know who my God is. I know He is for me. I know no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I know this is just a valley and I can climb up the other side knowing who is on my side in Jesus' name. And this is your promise. This is our promise that we pass through this. And of course, over years of being in church, I've seen many times where different seasons come and different storms come. And it, even close ones and friends who have claimed to have their lives built on a sure foundation, they get swept away. Marriages fall apart and, and lives fall apart. And they sit there and still aim fingers at this and at that and their reason, their justifications. But I see others who are just holding on going, God, I'm gonna make it through. 
I'm encouraged by those who have every reason almost to walk away from, and, and, and in the moment of, of, of some heartaches, go, I don't understand this and, and uncertainties and walk away, but they've held on. I love, and I've had the pleasure and privilege of being a pastor all these years and, and, and heard the stories of watching someone in pain who have been praying for loved ones to be healed and, and maybe they don't get the healing and get their breakthrough, but somehow their, their grit, their faith that says, God, I didn't get my answer this side of eternity, but I trust you and I know it's okay. And I trust in you and I'm gonna move through this and I'm gonna move through this weeping, holding on to you as my foundation. There's been others who have been believing for this business and they've had their, their lives decimated because of no fault of their own and going, God, why did you do this? But they didn't run away. They didn't walk away. They, they kept their principles, seeing God as the supplier of their seed and holding on to His promises. And I love that months, maybe sometimes years later, they're standing there going, look what my God did just because I didn't give up and I held on to my rock of ages. Church, there is something powerful about men and women of God who aren't swayed because of a storm or swayed because of an unfortunate season, but can stand here knowing, God, I do trust you. I call you Lord. And I can have great faith in knowing that just because this is my circumstance, it isn't my permanent future in Jesus' name. Whatever your storm is, whatever your season is, take faith that it is only temporary. It's just there. It's coming, but it's also going. Which leads me to my second point. Number two, storms are just seasonal and we can navigate through them. Storms are season, although they come, they're just seasonal and we can navigate through them. I love that there is definitive seasons here in England. It's not just like two seasons, we get everything. Sometimes you get all seasons, four seasons in one day. It's fantastic. So blessed. I mean, I'm sure, who's, your, who's the winter people? You've been waiting for winter. You're looking forward to, amazing. You are your special people. You are special people. I love and admire you. I I'm not with you. I mean, who's the summer people? You're already counting down the days. Look at you all, my people, my people. I mean, I, I can tell you, I think it's next Saturday. It's the shortest day of the year. I've been waiting for that since I got here. Because once we're past that, it's only the, we're only on the way up, baby. We are, we are getting there. Like we are, we're headed towards the good times in Jesus' name. I love it. That got the biggest clap of the morning so far. Praise God. But listen, just as the natural seasons are vital for our planet, each one of us must, we've got to recognise that there are spiritual seasons to navigate in our own life. That maybe God doesn't bring circumstances and bring a season in our life. Maybe it's just our own actions, our own mistakes. Maybe there's things that other, others have done to us. But you've got to re realise that God can use those seasons in a, an incredible way. God can use the winters of our lives. God can use the springs, the autumns that are going on, uh, I guess, metaphorically in our lives to produce great things. Look at me in Genesis chapter eight and verse 22. As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. Let me give you context to when this was said. This was God declaring it just after uh, the, the door of the ark had been opened for Noah. He's just promised that never to flood the earth again. See, all Noah and his family had known for a long time was constant deluge, storms, waves, darkness, calamity. But here, God declares that the sun will rise, the warmth will come, and the fruit will come with it, and that this cycle will never, ever stop. And so just like Noah today, maybe some of us need to be reminded that there is always a change coming. Yes, as someone once said, winter is coming, but always the same for us is that so is spring and so is His faithfulness, so is His goodness, so is His grace, so is His miracles, so is His provision, so is all that we need to navigate and endure the seasons of life. 
I wonder if today maybe you're feeling like I'm talking to you and the seasons of life have struck you down or maybe there's a period of time where you're feeling like you've been enduring for a while. Be confident today that God promises that there is change coming, that there is a season of change coming into your future. Maybe you've been stuck in isolation. Maybe you've become cold-hearted. Maybe that you've become tired or worn out or weary. Maybe there's things that are just not going according to plan. I love that the Word of God promises us that there is a, there is a season coming. And at Christmas time, what a great time to remember that that very fact is for us. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 23 talks about that He shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. That He came for us, not to leave us in our own issues, in our own circumstance, in our own abilities, our own power. But Jesus came to do life with us. He stepped out of heaven across eternity so that we would be reminded that He isn't God out there, but He is God with us. Maybe you've been sowing and sowing. Maybe you've been praying with tears for loved ones to return home to Christ. Maybe you've been serving and giving out and just going along with obedience, what God's called you to do in your season, just in hope that a harvest will come. Well, He promises that harvest time is on the way and that your tears, your effort and your pain, it has not been in vain in Jesus' Name. But if you don't understand, if we don't understand the seasons, so often we can mistake God's correction for His exclusion. If we don't understand the seasons, we mistake His miraculous provision for a constant supply. I remember there was a time back in when I first lived here, uh, however many years ago it was, that we were, I used to ride around a, a moped, a scooter. And this thing was amazing. It had so much favour to it because everyone kept stealing it. I mean, there was one time we were doing church in Paris and we came back and I found it impaled on a fence where people had tried to pick it up and take it over, but they got stuck halfway. And so it just sat there for a week until I could find my mates to kind of pick it up off me and, and take it away. Like this thing, was, this thing was blessed. But one time these guys did succeed and they took it away and I was like, well, how am I gonna get to everywhere and, and do everything real quickly that I'd become accustomed to? I mean, I lived in a certain part that was, anyways, doesn't matter. I'm not gonna tell you my sob story. But um one day turned up in the mail. It was one of those miraculous times. It never happened before. It never happened since that I still question God about. But there was an envelope in the mail randomly. No one marked it, but it was enough to go out and buy a new scooter. I was like, that's amazing. But it was not God's constant supply. God hasn't worked like that in my life ever since. I wish He did. I really do, God. Um, help. <laughs> but it's not how He works. He gives seed to the sower. He's the one who builds our life on principles, week in, week out, year in, year out. And sometimes we get a miraculous provision and it's kind of like, well, this is how always God works. No, no, we've got to understand there's seasons to our life. If we don't understand the seasons, we, 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 we mistake the waiting for His forsaking us. We forsake, we, we think God's just not answering my prayers. He's not giving what I want. And God's going, well, no, no, you need to be patient and I'm, I'm sorting things out. And you're gonna stand there one day and thank me that I didn't give you what you asked for when you asked for it. But if we forsake and don't understand the seasons that God has us through, then we just think this storm is forever. We think this is no, no reason. And we just kind of go, well, I know better. And we walk away from it, away from it. Each season, each season has its beauty and it produces a necessary substance in our life. I love that in the natural winter, the right bacteria dies off in the frost so that the harvest time can be fruitful. I've got to remind myself as I see the frost every morning these next few months, I love that spring, the fruit comes. It comes forth and, and creates work and required energy to tend to that. And, and maybe you're a gardener and you're gonna love that springtime. I'm, I'm definitely, anything I touch kind of falls apart, but that's okay. 
But the summertime, there's this sense of enjoying rest and enjoying what God has done in our life. Autumn, the right thing's falling off our lives. And we're seeing all the leaves fall off at the moment. It's beautiful and it's amazing. And I sit there and I, as I was thinking about this message this week, you know, I, I can be reminded that so often we desire the springs and the summers, the comfort and the convenience, maybe over the process where things needing to come off our lives or, or die in our lives. But we need to understand that each season produces substance. Each season produces substance. And as you walk around autumn this week and you, you watch things falling off, maybe we need to be reminded and asking the Holy Spirit, Maybe in my life, what is the time to fall off my life? What are the things that need to fall off the wrong things out of my life? Some attitudes, some bitterness, some, you know, some unforgiveness, some, some lack of trust. Maybe, maybe some tension that needs to fall off my life in some of my relationships. Maybe some doubt and some worry needs to fall off my life. These are the beautiful things that when we understand each season, they are gonna produce substance in our life. And number three, I'm running out of time. Understand it's the storms and seasons that develop the substance within us. These storms and seasons, they're not about praying them away. It's understanding that with God as our anchor, with God and on the right foundation, that these storms and seasons become the very things that produce substance in us. Substance being depth, character, weight, ability, steadfastness. The measure of our substance determines the, the strength of our, our choices, our decisions. I wonder what's in you today. Is it substance? Is it steadfastness? Is, is there security in, in you, in your life? Or, or maybe it feels surface and shallowy where things are just constantly waving back and forth. And this social media post goes, wow, I'm now reacting to this. And then this blog, wow, I'm reacting to this. And then this conversation, wow, I can't believe this. And we just go from one thing to the next, swaying us. And then we get to the house of God. It's like, oh, I remember His presence. I remember His truth. I, I remember what He's called me to, that's great. But then suddenly we look on our phones and now we've got this new sensationalized account on this media thing and, and this gossip thing and this thing and we start getting waved around. No, people of God, we're meant to have substance that is on the right foundation that goes, brings perspective and says, hey, this might be a storm, yes. It may be even the very doing of, of, of our own actions, but I know that this isn't the end and God is gonna get us through it. I can trust in Him in Jesus' name. It, this storm is meant to produce substance. Look what it says again. In verses 47 and 48, I will show you what they are like. Talking about you and I who put his ways into practice. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. Laid the foundation on rock. And then the second part of that is, if we don't listen to his ways, they're like those who built the house on ground without a foundation. Talking about our lives collapsing and destruction was complete. He's saying, Jesus saying, hey, there's two ways we can do this. There's two ways we can live our lives. The first way, unshakable, steady, secure. It reminds me of Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse seven. But blessed is the one, it says, who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. Our confidence has got to be in Him, not in our own seeking of understanding, not in our own ways, but in Him. It talks about those who have our confidence in Him, they'll be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its root by the stream. I love this. It does not fear when the heat comes. When its leaves are, and its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. Jesus is talking to us, saying, hey, if we live according to His ways, there is a way that you don't have to be filled with anxiety sweeping from one thing to the next. That when drought comes, when times of lack come, whether financially, relationally, emotionally, maybe even in your health, when the drought season comes, and so often it comes, storms, they come, 
where we don't have to be. People go, oh no, what do I do now? God, where are you? I can't believe this has turned up. Now Jesus is going, hey, the, the storms are gonna come, the, the droughts are gonna come, but there's a way that the people of God, you and I, men and women of God, can live that says, hey, drought, come at me. I'm not gonna be swayed. My confidence is not gonna be rocked because I know who stands with me. I know who's on my side. I know who I stand upon. I know what His promises are. I know that He's been there before and He's got me through it before and He can do it again. Now is not the time for the church of Jesus Christ to shrink back in intimidation. Oh, people of God, now's our time to stand strong on this firm foundation and live out His ways for the people around us. Not ways of judgment, not ways of callousness, not ways of we're superior, ways of turning the other cheek, ways of loving with supernatural grace, ways with not getting caught up in, in arguments about who's right and who's right on this issue. Ways of where we just give and hey, you need my coat? Hey, take my shirt as well. Don't worry about it, it's yours, take it. These are the things that went meant to mark us people. These are the ways that Jesus says, hey, you wanna navigate through turmoil? Live like this, you'll find freedom. You'll be able to travel light. Fourth and final thought is this, the team can come back up. That if we wanna kiss the wave, that would come at us. We gotta understand it is our Saviour who anchors us through any storm and upholds us through every season. It's Jesus, it's Jesus. It's Jesus who we look to. It's Jesus who we rely on. I don't wanna build a congregation online and here and across through our location passes across the UK where you're looking to us Hope he's good this week. I mean, you'll fail. But if I can do my best just to point to Jesus, you can trust in Him. You can trust in His name. You can trust in what He's done, what He wants to do in your life. It's Jesus who we rely on. And because of that, we can have confidence in Him and His promises for our lives. It's when we rely on Him that we can be confident no matter what comes our way. Because we can understand and have confidence that it's Jesus who is indeed sovereign over the storms. Remember the story? They marveled, who is this? That even He has command, that the wind and the waves obey Him. It's not just the physical wind and the waves, it's the waves of your life. That maybe there's a season of endurance and maybe there's things that God wants to teach you, but don't forget that He is also the God of miracles, that He opens doors when no one can open them. That He can use the small, he can use the, the minute, the few in numbers and bring devastation to the enemy's camp on your behalf. That maybe you got things that you're facing and they seem insurmountable. They seem like it's impossible. Can I remind you that He is the God of the impossible? That maybe that debt looks too big. Well, He is the supplier. Maybe that health issue seems way too, way too problematic. He is your healer in Jesus' Name. Maybe there's all sorts of things emotionally that are tumultuous inside and you can't seem to get past. Negativity, you can't seem to get, get past. This downness inside you, He is the lifter of your head. He is the one who you can cast all your cares upon. He is the one who fights on our behalf. He, oh, he is the one who we can trust on in Jesus' Name. He sustains us and He sanctifies us. He is the Saviour who is with us to the very end. He is Emmanuel. 
God with us. He is our ever-present help in time of need. He is our salvation. He is our redemption. He is our healer. He is our restorer. He is our encourager. He is our substance. He is our deliverer, our protector, our friend. And indeed, He is our Saviour. No matter what you're facing right now, like I said, maybe you're on the mountaintop and it's all going good. Next storm that comes your way, I pray that you remind yourself there is a way to navigate through any season, through any storm that like Charles Spurgeon once wrote, that I've learned to kiss the wave. I've learned to be okay with what comes at me because I know where it pushes me and it pushes me onto my Saviour, knowing I can trust in Him, knowing I can smile at the storm, knowing that He is gonna make it all okay in Jesus' mighty Name. Amen. Amen. This is the end of this podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. For more information about Hillsong Church London, please visit hillsong.co.uk.